I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. Antique Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. That was Veronica Falls off their CD, uh, also entitled Veronica Falls. That was the track, Right Side of My Brain. Okay, so coming up is uh, writer Clara Benson, and I had a chance to check out her book, No Baggage, A Minimalist Tale of Love and Wandering. It's a great read, and I'm looking forward to having her join us. I'll give you a little backstory. When Clara Benson arranged to meet Jeff Wilson on the steps of the Texas State Capitol after just a few email exchanges on OkCupid, it felt like something big was going to happen. Picture it. Jeff is a wildly energetic university professor with a freewheeling spirit, and Clara is a sensitive, reclusive writer just recovering from a quarter-life existential breakdown. Within a few days of knowing one another, they decide to embark on a crazy travel experiment. 21 days from Istanbul to London. Zero luggage, zero reservations, and zero plans. My pleasure to welcome this week's show, Clara Benson. Good morning, Clara. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's I saw your book and I thought I'd love to have her on. This is very intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. let me let me ask you. So give me give me the um the backstory to what led up to meeting Jeff. Well, so this this book No Baggage is is the story of what happened to me um and in in meeting Jeff beforehand, I uh I went through a really rough period. It lasted for about two years. Um, clinical anxiety, had trouble holding down a job, leaving the house. And um, at the point when the book jumps off, I've kind of, I've just recovered from this period, and I'm looking for a way to get back out into the world and to add some excitement to my life. And so I figured I would join online dating. Okay. So uh, I, I made an OkCupid account. Now, let me back up a second. You know, the theme of the show is Get the Funk Out. So did somebody say, hey, why don't you do this account? Or were you in this funk when you you just trying to get advice from people? How did you how did you pull yourself out to do this, to take that step? Well, I mean, it was a long process. Um, I had to learn a lot about anxiety and myself. Um, I had a lot of therapy, yeah. uh, but but by the time I came out of it, I had a couple friends who were saying, "Okay, you're back on your feet. You know, you've got a job, um, but you're still spending a lot of time at home, and yeah. and you need to get out." Um, Good. And so one one of my best girlfriends said, "You should you should just try OkCupid okay, okay, and and see what happens." <laughs> were you nervous? 
I was nervous, and I was also excited. I didn't have any expectations. I wasn't looking for a boyfriend or, or really anything. I just wanted someone to talk to, something interesting to happen. So what happened next? <laughs> um, I got what I asked for, probably a little bit more. Um, within about 10 minutes of creating my account, I found this science professor named Jeff, and his profile picture was just, it was funny. He he looked goofy and um, <laughs> kind of intriguing. He was wearing this Mexican mariachi bow tie and had these huge glasses. Oh, funny. And so, yeah, without really knowing the protocol for online dating, um, I just shot him an email and uh, waited to see what would happen. And? And um, <laughs> he wrote back right away, and we really hit it off. And uh, he invited me to meet him at uh, 7.52 p.m., which is the exact moment of sunset for the day that we met um, on the steps of the Texas State Capitol. So it was very dramatic. Yes, it um, is. Yeah, and we hit it off right away. And then that night on our first date, he mentioned he was taking this trip in the summer from Istanbul to London. And the way he traveled was into one country, out of another, but no plans in between. It was total spontaneity, stay with locals, um, no itineraries or reservations. And how did that fly <laughs> with you? Was that your kind of thing? I mean, I never traveled that way. And for someone who had barely left the house for two years, it mm -hmm. sounded pretty adventurous Yes, uh, and challenging. And so within a week or two, though, he, he started mentioning that maybe I should come along with him and um <laughs> and I, I had a lot of reasons why it was a bad idea right but I, I just felt like this draw I had to do it I knew something out there was waiting for me and for maybe for us so I said that I would so I've got to ask what did your your family your friends think that you'd lost your marbles <laughs> or, or <laughs> hey go for it this sounds great what was the reaction it was i mean there was definitely some caution uh, you know mom i just met this strange guy on the internet he's asking me to travel across the world with him yeah. what do you think um i think not you know they were they were a little concerned and also just not sure whether i would be up for that given what i'd been through in the last few years sure um, but they also knew me, and they knew that, that once I make up my mind to do something, I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. So they were supportive um, and, and a little nervous. Of course. Sometimes something like this is like the best kind of therapy you can get. It's like real world, get out there, do something that you is out of your comfort zone. I agree, and that's exactly what I decided. Is is just it was going to be a test in some ways and a celebration of returning to the world, um, seeing if I could land on my feet and and think clearly and flow with whatever was happening in the moment. It was kind of the accumulation of all these things that I'd been learning the past few years. That's great. You know, it's interesting when I got the copy of the book, No Baggage. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Clara Benson about her book, No Baggage. I thought, oh, does this have double meaning? Like she has no, you know, psychological baggage? Or is it really the physical no baggage? Yeah, so it's definitely both. It has a mm -hmm. double meaning. And, and the, the physical part of it showed up about a week before we left, which mm -hmm. was still just a few weeks after we'd met. Um, a week before we left, Jeff called me and said, um, I don't think this travel experiment that we're doing is quite challenging enough. 
um, because he had a history of of doing these kind of spontaneous trips. Okay. (laughs) And and so he said, I think we need to take it up another notch. And so what I'm going to do is when we get on the flight to Istanbul, I'm just going to walk onto the plane with what I'm wearing and nothing else. No bags, no nothing. I'll put my essentials in my back pocket. That's it. And do you want to do this with me? (laughs) (laughs) And And so... I said, absolutely not. This is a horrible <laughs> idea. It's already crazy enough. Good we hardly girl. know each other. Yes. Um, but then I thought about it overnight, and I asked myself why I was so quick to reject it mm-hmm. and what I was so afraid of. And then I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to see what happens. It might be horrible, but I'm going to see what happens. And so we did. We got on the plane with no baggage. I was wearing a dress, and I had a tiny little side purse with a few, a few things, um, deodorant, toothbrush, passport, but that was it. Uh, I was thinking you're wearing six shirts, three pairs of pants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So what was, what were some of the first initial things that happened? Well, um, we landed in Istanbul, and one of the, the guidelines for our trip was that we weren't going to make reservations in advance, and we were going to stay with locals. And so we landed in Istanbul in the afternoon without knowing where we were going to sleep that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used Couchsurfing, which is a service where you stay with locals, kind of a cultural exchange around the world. Um, you stay on a stranger's couch, and um, they show you this city through their eyes. But we hadn't even found someone to host us in Istanbul yet. So we landed, and I'm I'm thinking, let's find an Internet cafe, let's get organized, find a host. And Jeff says, no, let's just, let's just go out to the middle of the city and just wander and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I'm thinking, this is going to be a disaster. Was there ever but, a moment, excuse me, was there ever a moment you were like, wait a minute, I, I don't know if I agree with what he wants to do here. Yeah, that was definitely, that was the first instance of that. I'm yeah. thinking, this guy is going to get us into a mess. Right. Um, but we wandered, and um, and then we stopped at a cafe when it was getting dark, and he had an email in his inbox from a friend he'd met in Kazakhstan um, years earlier, who also happened to be in Istanbul, saw that we were there, and he said, hey, I've got extra space where I'm staying. Why don't you come on over? And so okay. that was my first kind of revelation that there was, you know, there was something to be said for, for being flexible and flowing in the moment. Right. So what did you do about clothes? Because I'm looking at the book and I'm thinking, okay, they're wearing the same outfits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was so worried about that. I'm super clean. I like to shower every day. Um, and it really just didn't turn out to be as big of a deal as I expected. Um, we just, we just washed our clothes every day, a little soap, um, Mm -hmm. water. If there was a washing machine, we threw them in there, but, um, we washed them at night and in the morning we put them back on again. Your travel uniform. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And when you're traveling, no one knows that you wore the same thing the day before. Right. Until they see your pictures. (laughs) Right, exactly. How did things progress? Like, were you guys in sync? Uh, did you have conflict? Or did we, were you falling in love? I mean, how did this whole thing work out? Oh, it's, it's a bit of all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff and I have very different personalities. He's super extroverted. Um, I'm quiet and reserved. And so it took us a few days to kind of 
find our rhythm together to balance each other out. Sure. And um, there were times when he wanted to just go out and charge around the city and get in the middle of, of the crowds and the chaos, and I really just needed to rest and recharge. Um, but we learned how to um, explore separately when we, when we felt ourselves um, with that tension. That's good. Um, and then we also, yeah, we, we just we figured out pretty quickly that we really enjoyed each other's company. We were prepared to split up and go separately if um, we discovered we didn't like each other, but that didn't turn out to be the case. That's great. That is great. What were some of the um, highlights of your trip? <laughs> um, you know, people ask me what my, my favorite part of it was, and um, I mean, we visited some really amazing places, tourist places um, in Istanbul and Athens. We went to the Parthenon. Oh, um, but some of my favorite moments, and I think other travelers can relate to this too, would be um, in between places. Mm-hmm. We had these long bus rides, train rides. We did some hitchhiking in the Balkans. And um, there's something about just moving from place to place. It's very meditative. You don't have all the distractions that you have back home. Um, and it's kind of a bonding thing. So right. some of my best memories are on bus rides. That's great. And how do you feel as far as, you know, you initially were an introvert. Do you feel like you've come out of your shell a bit? <laughs> uh, writing this book and telling this story, I've definitely had to emerge from my cave a little bit. Um, but I'm still, I'm always going to be an introvert at heart. Right. And, um, yeah, I don't see that changing. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Was it hard to write this book, or did you keep a journal along the way? Um, It was hard to write this book. Um, We did keep journals, but we didn't go on the trip with any intention of of writing about it or telling a story. It was really a personal challenge. So in um, about six months after we got back, I wrote, an article for Salon on a whim, and they, they called it the craziest OK Cupid date ever. Mm-hmm. And it went viral overnight, which totally shocked me and Jeff. <laughs> yeah, um, and I was thrown into this process of, of writing a book. Um, but, I mean, the trip had just happened. Our relationship was still evolving, and so it felt like I was telling this story that I, I wasn't sure of the ending yet. Um, and so that was, that was definitely tough. I feel like looking at this book, this this could be a movie. I mean, it just seems, (laughs) I'm sure you've, you know, probably thought about that. Well, in fact, you're right. Um, New Line Cinema optioned the, the film rights for the book and Adam Brooks is a screenwriter. He developed a screenplay for it. So, um, yeah, it's already a ways down the, the path. Not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> and this book came out just recently. Yep, January 5th. It came out in the U.S. And so how are things going with Jeff, may I ask? <laughs> things are good. We, um, we've been together for three years now, which always surprises people. They, they think that, that the chances of that are unlikely. Um, but we've been t- together for three years, and we've actually done this no-baggage trip um, based on the first one in the book for, um, we've done it four more times, so five total. Did, where did you go? What were the other trips like? 
We did a second one to South America. We went from um, Quito, Ecuador, down to Lima, Peru. We've gone through Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Um, we did one from one of my favorites from Turkey. We went east through the Republic of Georgia and Armenia. It was a really amazing journey. And then um, the last one we did this fall was um, to Japan. Oh, nice. What was that like? You know, it was great. And and the the Japanese really, um, they have got the minimalism thing down as a culture. So it felt very easy and effortless to, to do the traveling light thing there. I know. I was thinking, okay, if you know, if it turns out where you both you have kids, you, you will be traveling with baggage. <laughs> you'll, you'll, yes, yeah. I do. I do hear from parents, and they're saying, you know, there's no way we could ever do this. But you know, there there are things you can do to travel lighter, even with kids. Just you wait. <laughs> you see, all the, the the diapers and the food and the whatever, and you feel like you're just schlepping everything around. But it's so exciting that you're doing this now because there there's so much to see and so much to do, and it's nice it just wasn't one trip. Yeah, it's really become a, a thing that we have embraced um, back home, too. I got back home from the first trip, and I um, I got rid of almost half the stuff in my apartment, and I haven't brought it back either. I haven't missed it. So um, it's become kind of part of our life philosophy. Did you always dream of being a writer, or did this story just make sense to you to write? Or, you know, tell me about your background. Um, I always have wanted to be a writer, actually. Um, but that Salon article I talked about that yeah. I published, that was the first thing I ever published publicly. Um, the rest of my writing was, was just for myself. So, yes, I've always wanted to be a writer, but I had no idea that this roundabout wild adventure would would lead to that path sure it's so interesting i was just talking to somebody else here as a writer you know you write all these things but you know sometimes we're just not confident that that that's worth you know submitting and you also there's so much rejection you just have to kind of find something to push you out there Yes, I totally agree. Um, I got a little lucky on my first try, but definitely being a writer is so much work, and you have to really continue pushing yourself and putting yourself out there over and over. But what's interesting is, Clara, so, some of the best stories are the real ones. And when you wrote the, you know, this article for Salon.com, it was a real story. It was a real story, and it, and it was just... Um, Relatable. I, it was relatable, and it was written with no expectation or, or, or anything. I was just, um, like you said, putting putting it out there. And uh, I think it's, it's also got this element of, of sort of a modern fairy tale where you meet someone and you run away together, um, but it's, it actually works out. You don't hate the person. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so we definitely we have that. That's great. Would you have a... Um a list of things that you plan to do next? Well, Jeff and I, we've done this experiment, um, like I said, five times now, so it's, it's become wow. a pretty effortless thing. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to come up with new experiments that we can um, challenge ourselves in a way that we haven't before. So we've got a couple ideas floating around. One of them is maybe to, to go somewhere in the world um, and then stay with somebody and then have them choose our next 
person or destination that we visit. And maybe we'll explore an idea or a story or a theme. I'm not sure yet, but we're, we're throwing some ideas around. It sounds like a better version of a reality show, you know? Like <laughs> you throw some people into this place and they're uncomfortable and they're sweaty and they have no clothes. But you, you're, you're doing something, you're pushing the boundaries a little more. Yeah, and if people have compared it to a reality show or a stunt or something, but mm-hmm. but starting out, it's always about challenging ourselves personally, whether we have an audience or not. Right. Um, and I've grown so much from these strange situations that we put ourselves in. Yeah. Well, what's nice is it's also very healing because when you go through, you know, any kind of crisis, any uh, any age, when you do something like this, it takes you out of that, you know time period and and it's healing it is healing yeah and and one thing i tell people is that um i've struggled with anxiety all my life and and i still do um just because i recovered and was able to go on this trip and have this adventure the anxiety is it still comes up from time to time but the thing that i have healed and that i've learned is that you can still go out and live your life and take chances and and do adventurous things without letting that anxiety um, stop you. So that's been a huge process, and, and definitely challenging myself to these crazy experiments has made me really confident about that. That's great. I know, because nothing gets solved when we end up just hanging out in our homes, our apartments, <laughs> and, you know, you, you've kind of you've got to push yourself to the uncomfortable place. Yes. You know, could you give advice for people that are perhaps going through a funk, you know, a tough time in their life? Um, just maybe throw out some thoughts you might have? Yeah, well, in in following with what we just said, I think the thing that it took me a long time to learn was in the midst of my own really intense funk was the instinct is it's uncomfortable, it doesn't feel good, it's painful, so I'm going to run away from it. Um, And that's what I did for a long time. I tried to fix it and get away from it, and, and that just never worked. Right. And so what I do now is I, I look it in the eye and I welcome it. I say, okay, what are you here to teach me? Let's sit down. Let's hang out. And I'll sit with that discomfort, sometimes for days or weeks or however long it takes. Mm-hmm. But that disarms it of its power in a huge way. And so I think that's partly what I do with these challenge, these personal challenges and, and trips, too, is I'm looking directly at that discomfort and I'm going towards it instead of away from it. Yes. No, that's really solid advice. Um, one other thing, if people want to find out more about you or read your book, wh- where should they go? They can go to my website, which is www.clarabenson, C-L-A-R-A-B-E-N-S-E-N.com. Okay. Great. And I really appreciate you calling the show. Any last bit of advice you want to share with the listeners? <laughs> uh, what I like to tell people is that you can have this opportunity to explore without going around the world with no baggage. Um, I think you can walk out your front door and um, try to find a new part of your city or neighborhood that you've never noticed or seen before. You can have that, um, that present awareness and curiosity wherever you are. Right. So. You know, I always, I always say, uh, I have two daughters, sometimes when I don't feel like doing something, I'm kind of in this funk, I just feel like curling up on the sofa, and I push myself to go out and do something, I have the best time. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, that's a great way to live. Right, right. Well, Clara, thank you so much, and I really enjoyed looking at your book, and it's called No Baggage. Clara Benson, thanks again. Thanks for having me. All right, have a great week. 
If you missed any part of today's show with Clara Benson, uh, you can visit my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Her bio is up on there, as well as the description of her book. And uh, within an hour after I wrap, I will have the complete conversation uh, that we just shared. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out.